Hello, Grace Point. It is so good uh, to be with you today. We're so glad you're joining us. Uh, I'm Josh Scott, and I'm here today with um, Michael Corey Dandridge, the the, the legend. Um, Corey, thanks so much for being here with me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you all today. Thank you for invite, letting me come on here today. Well, and, and as most of you know, Corey's on our, our staff team here at Grace Point. Uh, he, he lives slightly outside of the Nashville area in Pennsylvania. Um, and he is our online gathering host. And so those of you who join online every week, I know we're online today and the next couple of weeks um, through the end of January, but those of you who are online every week, you, you see Corey there all the time. And he's joining me today um, because we're gonna follow up my sermon from last week. So last week, I don't know, was it a sermon? Was it a rant? I don't know what it was. Uh, it was it was an anthem it was <laughs> there you go there you go um, it was a rallying call <laughs> there you go that's uh, i hope i hope um and i've had so much we talked about uh, the problem of white christian nationalism last week and i've had lots of interesting interactions uh, I, i've interacted online with lots of people who were, have said i wish more people and more pastors and more churches were addressing this um that is really the whole crux of this whole thing, that it needs to be broadcast from every pulpit now. I mean, we, we're finally at a point where something can actually happen. When George Floyd happened, the world was kind of like on pause, and we were able to take a look at everything from every angle. Mm -hmm. And we're finally at this point that at least we can address this. And, and, and as a pastor, you should be able to be free to address it. That's right. And well, because everything's political and because now everything doesn't have to be partisan, right? Like there, there's, that's a truth, but everything is political in the sense that politics, it's about how we order our common life, like how we decide to live together. And so everything, everything ends up being political. Um, and, and so I want to follow up last week's uh, talk sermon rant with this week, and Corey and I are going to um, have a conversation about how this problem of white Christian nationalism has particularly affected communities of color. Um, and I just want to begin by acknowledging that we're, we're sitting here and it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. It's the weekend coming up on Monday where we honor and remember the life and legacy and uh, the accomplishments of Dr. King. Um, and uh, Corey, I can't help but think about on Monday and over this weekend, we're going to see all kinds of posts uh, from all, everybody, probably, but all kinds of posts from politicians who are going to like extol the virtue and the legacy of King, who are now actively working to make voting harder, who are actively, and it, it just it strikes me as interesting. And I think this is true. That's been true of Jesus too. Like, it's easy to transform someone after their death to make them more palatable. I, right. mean, I, don't, I don't know. Do you, do you ever, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, um, it's really, they're just using it to kind of like skirt the issue. They're not even really addressing the issue. They're just trying to put, you know, uh, a dress on a pig, just trying to dress up the pig and just say, make it presentable for one day. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, I've been reading ever since you asked me to kind of like, you know, you want to have this conversation. I started reading a book um, by Anthea Butler 
um, called White Evangelical Racism. Mm -hmm. This book, OMG, it's a concise <laughs> but thorough read and explanation of where it can, where this racism comes from, and and in the book it, it talks about it talks about you know presidents and politicians where how they started you know where they started they tried to um, uh, they tried to you know to start talking about the issue maybe in the nineties where you know racial reconciliations you know kind of came about it through the church and so they're trying to kind of combine um, politicians with that but it didn't work out it didn't <laughs> it failed it, it failed that racial reconciliation it failed as soon as Bar uh, Barack Obama was elected or was even running for president and Sarah Palin came on and she started talking about all her you know trying to put in uh, new scares um, uh, for people for the for the church and they were excited for her to be a part of the of uh, McCain's campaign because he was drowning but as soon as he came, uh, she came on the church <laughs> rallied right around mm -hmm. her and they said oh wow let's <laughs> you know what she's right on and then she said some crazy things on her campaign. You know, I can't believe a black man. You're not going to let a black man be a be a leader of this country. He, he needs to be a first string black man, not a second string like Obama. I mean, she said some crazy things, and yeah. politicians jumped on this and tried to. You know, that's when the whole racial reconciliation just kind of like went out the door. You know, Corey, and this is going to sound very, you know, white man of me here. Okay. But I had this sense of Obama winning two terms. There was like, oh, we, we are now finally making progress on this issue of racism, white supremacy in America. But I think what I actually now realize is what it did is it actually ripped open and showed us the ugly underbelly that was already there. And it was, I mean, I, you know, I heard stuff people would say that was just completely terrible about Barack Obama. But I, I still felt like, well, as a country, though, like, there, yes, there are people. But as a country, we've, we're, you know, maybe we're getting to that place King hoped for. And, and I think what we saw in 2016 and beyond has been actually we're maybe farther from that than we were when Barack Obama first ran um, in exactly. 2008. <laughs> when, like you said, when once he started to run and once he got elected and two terms, it really exposed the underbelly of the Christian church, you know, of, of, of many Christian churches at that point. And I can tell you from experience that I was on staff at a church, at an evangelical church. It was not denominational, but they were all very evangelical in spirit in you know, nomenclature, and it's just in a lot of ways. And I can remember being in staff meetings and talking about emails that I received that were going circulating amongst the elders of the of the church, where one of the senior elders sent an email with Obama with like, you know, as an ape and his wife as an ape and all these different emails that were going around at that time. And I addressed me and one of the other uh, black members on staff. We were like, "What? This is wrong!" And we took it to the pastor and the pastor's son, and they they both said, "Well, you know, so and so is old. 
you know, he's an old man, you know, he doesn't mean any harm. What? What do you yeah. mean? What do yeah. you mean he doesn't mean any harm? But see, <laughs> and then in that same time frame, or during that the whole um, uh, elections uh, campaign series, even the pastor himself, from the pulpit, he said, you know, if if if, if Obama wins re-election, you know what? I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to move out the country. I'm leaving. And once he said that, my my wife at the time and I, and we had exchange students, we, we literally stood up and walked out in the middle of his sermon. Yeah. Literally. That was just beyond the pale from us. I was, was, I was literally done. There was no curiosity about, and I just, I'm trying to think of like, how, how can you end up defending this person who sent this horribly racist email instead of caring for the wounds it created in a person of color who received it? And instead of like addressing like, this is out of bounds, they end up defending the person who, who sent it. I just, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's very believable, but you know what I mean? Like it should yeah. be completely unbelievable. It's just insane. I mean, it really kind of like, you know, I started, I, I was kind of a bad boy at that time because after I, I walked out, I felt bad and I, and, you know, I came back as a, as a good Christian boy as, you know, as I was. And, but then I, I still, I remember wearing Obama t-shirts from the pulpit when I would take up, when I would receive the offering or do announcements or whatever, I would have an Obama t-shirt and, and I, and I know most of this church was like conservative, white, you know, I, I, that was my rebellious time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, you know, good on you. Um, I, I, so I also wonder, you know, and I, I don't, everything's not about January 6th last year, right? Like January 6th was sort of the um the, the a really visible sort of symptom of a disease Correct. that's been spreading for a long time and so you know I, I wonder because we cannot separate the three strands of this white christian nationalism they're all bound up together now that's of course that doesn't mean all white people are nationalists or all christians right. are nationalists or all christian you know, but what it does mean is that we have a serious problem and I wonder how are you? How has this impacted you? How has it impacted your family? And how, how you know? How has this um, altered your experience of living in this country or 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 identifying as Christian? You know, any of those things. I'm interested to hear your experience. It's it's very interesting. I every election cycle, my blood pressure rises, and I get super involved. I get super, you know, interested in what's going on with the country and what's going on with the election. And um, because even now there aren't, I mean, Obama's not in, in the cycle at this point. Yeah. It's really about what, what, uh, what options are you supporting? What uh, platforms are you supporting that support racist you know, uh, feelings towards uh, people of color, not just black people, but just everyone. And it's just, it's really tough. Like I sometimes even just thinking about coming on, talking about this, I, I like, I can well up, tears can well up in my eyes because of just 
experiencing this day to day. You know, um, I have family members that I have to deal with. I have on both sides that that really just they make me think like, is it is it really possible? Is it really a chance for this? You know, for, yeah. for reconciliation for you know, life together. I mean, just even look, look at uh, reading that book, uh, Anthea's book. She talked about how um, Graham, uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Franklin. Fra- father. Uh, Billy. Father. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. He he basically talked about you know he brought in the whole boogeyman of communism, and but also there was an undertone of racism in there also. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this book was just amazing. You, p- you, people have to read it. They really have to read it. Um, and then how even Franklin Graham brought in the boogeyman of the Muslims, especially around uh, 9-11. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, and now it's, it's, the, the whole country is like on a whole level of fear. And, and these are actually just dog whistles for the underlying issues of racism that are purveying. There are cold words like, oh, I'm from a small town. I'm from a, you know, I'm from a a real American. I'm a real American. Like, what is this? What does that mean? Words that, you know, (laughs) that they use to hide behind. And you're using issues of abortion. I mean, we don't even have to go into the history of, you know, the more more right, you know, the... That whole yeah. thing. I was reminded because of Facebook memories um, that something my oldest said to me while we were sitting on our couch on January 6th watching all the images unfold. And he said something like, if this had been a Black Lives Matter protest, this would have gone very differently. Totally differently. Right. And I, th- I think that for me, the 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 hardest piece of this is how deeply ingrained, um, and it's it's not a new problem, right? I mean, Christians in this South, slave-holding, slave-defending Christians, slave-holding, defending Christians, we're using the Bible and we're using religion to uphold their white supremacist racist system, right? So it's not new. I think it's more insidious now. Yeah. And I think it's more insidious because now, I mean, people say whatever they want and they say, well, I'm not a racist, right? I I love everybody. But then they end up supporting systems and policies that dehumanize and and demonize and just erode the, 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 yeah, it's it's just, and so in some ways, it's insidious. To your point, to that point right there, one of the, one of the, you know, Late, latest catchphrases is that, you know, you hear somebody say, that's not, well, I'm not a racist. I don't even see color. What do you mean? I want you to see my color. For, for 300 years, you've been overlooking my color. Yeah, yeah. See me. Yeah. Look at me. I'm a man. You know, yeah. I, you know, whatever you, you, you want to call it, I am a man. That's it. Don't 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 neglect my color. I'm a black man. I, you know this. You know, excuse that. But, <laughs> the, uh, but uh, you know, it's just it's it's crazy. 
And I think they think they're sounding super um, with it and super, you know, kind of correct because it is, I think what they, I think they think they are, but what they don't, what they're, I think they're missing in that is that actually that's essentially trying to erase part of who you are. Exactly. Right. It's, it's an erasure uh, ultimately. Um, and so, yeah, which I mean, they're just, it's so deeply embedded. And I think that's one of the main issues of how, just how deeply embedded this uh, so much so that, that it's possible. And I, you know, it's possible that, I lived my entire life, Corey, pretty much my entire life, um, thinking that this this was just getting better and better and better. And I, I don't think anybody would, of course, we've made strides, right? King's work yeah. and the work of civil rights leaders since then and the work of people today, it's still going on, right? This work is still happening. People are still campaigning for equity and justice, and that's still going on. Uh, and so I think we need to recognize that, but I think it's also important to recognize we got a long way to go. And it's important to recognize that in, in a really, really um, problematic way, uh, evangel evangelicalism is, is sort of propping this up. Yes. Right. It's, it's and so they're, they're actually, it becomes so intertwined that it's, it's almost impossible to, to disentangle from, you know, white supremacy without also being able to disentangle from this Christian nationalism and right. evangelicalism that, that's all sort of knotted together that just keeps this thing perpetuating over and over and over again. You know, I think, it's, and people wonder why, you know, I, I, I've had, I've heard people say, you know, why don't uh, black people come to, you know, predominantly white churches or, why are we? Why are they're not coming to the space? Because I can offer just a, a maybe just a thought about it that it's a trust issue. Are you going to actually hear me? Are you actually going to respect me? Are you going to hear the word, the, my concerns and my 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 cries? Sometimes, sometimes I just need a place to cry. And you know, I I, I was listening to. Um, a podcast by uh, Q Christian Fellowship. I think Luther Young was actually doing the talk mm -hmm. at the time. And he basically said, and he, and he was really coming from a LGBTQ plus uh, aspect with, in regards to the black church and black people in, in that, you know, that realm. And he said, you know, to be honest, there are queer, uh, there are queer racist people out here. Even though they are supposedly open-minded and accepting, but there's still some racism in there, and I think that's one thing we have to continue to look at ourselves. Do we have any racist ideals? Any racist, you know, any any the littlest thing? Just take take self inventory of our own selves and say, "Am I? Is what I'm doing? Is you know?" Am I being truly accepting of everyone? Do I actually hear their voice and not just say, well, I'm, I'm so glad that they're here or I'm so glad that they're, they're participating, but can they, are they really a part of this organization? And I feel like that, I feel like uh, our church, our community is very accepting and very welcoming. And I feel so comfortable. I, I, I say it so many, so many times, 
this is my last stop. <laughs> this is my last stop. I will never set foot or I will never be a member of an evangelical church that refuses to talk about racism, that refuses to deal with the issues of the day, you know, that have been in church history. I refuse. And I am so glad to be a part of, of a community that does that. And we're yeah. talking and we're, not, and we're starting to make, do, you know, take action. And that's the part that keeps me coming every day, that keeps mm -hmm. me coming every week. I love being a part of this community because of that. And because I know, I know for a fact in my 50 years of life and, and 30 of it being in evangelical spaces, white evangelical spaces, that is a first. Mm. And to know that you, you are gonna, you're actually gonna have our back online, you know, on social media and from the pulpit or whatever, that means more to me than anything. Well, you know, Corey, I feel like, thank you. I'm thrilled, obviously thrilled to hear that. I feel like I got a long way to go and I know as a community, we still have a long way to go, but we're on the, we're on that journey and we want to, we want to do it, right? We want to be, um, we want, we want to be allies. We want to be supportive. We want this community to reflect you and to reflect your concerns and, um, and anybody who's a part of Grace Point, we want our community to reflect them, reflect their concerns. It's, I think the thing that really surprises me is that, you know, for, for some some white folks like who who look a lot like me, um, when they hear this idea of of self-inventory and that there there's probably racism, uh, even if I'm not aware of it, right? Like this yeah. this whole idea that it, we're, we've been so enmeshed and ingrained, I've been so submerged in that kind of context throughout my entire life. So that constant evaluation, like the the for some people, the idea. Oh, that you might that you, the idea that you might think there might be anything like that I need to work on is offensive to me, and it may you know you're calling me a whatever. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that when you have lived your entire life submerged in something, you're probably going to have a little water on you, even if you're not aware of it. And so, to your point, just that inventory, that willingness to ask this attitude, this opinion, this this thing I thought, this thing I was going to say, this thing I was gonna, like laying that like is it, where does that come from? Where does that come from? Um, and I think that's such an important, important task. Um, Josh, I'm not asking, I don't, I don't think the black community is asking you to walk on eggshells. It's just being aware, yeah. just taking that, that, that don't walk, you don't have to walk on eggshells around me. Did I say, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, I'm a seven, you know, so I, can, <laughs> I just can't think. Me you know, too, me too. I, I run with it. I can roll with it. But not everyone is like me and but yes I, but like i said i'm not asking people to be walking on eggshells but just keep in mind keep it in the back of your mind to just kind of reevaluate every so often just you know take that inventory yeah. Corey, you know one of the the gifts over the last couple of years and there have been so many things over the last couple of years that haven't been gifts and if you can i don't know can you hear the noise at my house right now <laughs> um, it's there. Our kids are on an NTI day, a, a virtual learning day because of COVID outages in the school system. And so I don't know what's happening upstairs, but it's, it's breaking loose. But I want to say there've been so many things that haven't been gifts over the last couple of years, but meeting you and of course, you know, uh, us expanding and becoming an online community as well and meeting so many of our online friends, but being able to meet you and you being a part of our team has been, has been such a gift. 
Um, and I'm always grateful for your voice. And, and I, you know, our staff hears your vo voice more probably, and the online community does more probably. But I'm, I'm really grateful that you would come and you would, I mean, this is, this is like sort of, you know, opening your soul up a little bit and saying, hey, see me for who I am. And so I'm just grateful for you and your willingness to, to engage in these conversations and to help lead our community uh, in the way of justice and equity and peace. It's truly an honor. It really, I, I mean, I don't take it lightly. I really don't take it lightly. Um, I mean, I, I just want, I, I, I feel like, you know, we're at a point that churches, there are starting to be more affirming churches, not just for LGBTQ issues, but also just for welcoming everyone to, to the space. And now we can kind of have a conversation. Now, I think now is the time to actually push the envelope and say, you know what, this is what we're about. And you're doing it. And, and, and other churches are doing it, but it's not enough. And like you said, you know, uh, it wasn't always along um, with the pe with with you know that that Christian right is 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 actually a small a small mm. amount compared to the whole country because number one like you said we were able to elect a black president we were able to you know see some not justice but see accountability happen for George Floyd and for Ahmaud Arbery and yes for some yes. Of events that have been happening for years for you know for decades now we're starting to see some kind of accountability and i think this is the time and our community our space is is a welcome door an open door for that to happen for people to walk in and say you know what we're going to go out to the community we're going to be a part of what is going on in our community we're not going to stay in these four walls and say you know what we hope they come no we hope we, ex we go and be in the community. We're not trying to win souls. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm sorry. We're trying to, you know, be a part of the community and not just say, well, I I'm over here. I hope they hang out. No, we're going to, like we do the, with the LGBTQ parade, the gay pride parade, there's other, you know, uh, causes that we can be a part of. And I'm thankful that we're actually starting to look at those things. So that's... Yeah important to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, yes. And I think that we, uh, as a community, I feel like the energy is there for that. And that we, you know, we want to be that kind of community in the world. A community that doesn't just talk, but a community that acts. And a community that, you know, uh, people use the phrase, the, the right side of history, uh, you know, so much. And I know people kind of roll their eyes at this point, but I do, I think about that all the time. I, I want to be on the right side of history because, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the number of people I know who would have, who would quote unquote have marched with King, but they weren't marching necessarily for, for George Floyd or uh, Ahmad or, um, and, you know, I, I do think you're right that that's so much of that injustice had gone undealt with for so long that when, when we were awaiting the verdict in the George Floyd trial, um, the murder trial, I just held my breath and expected more of the same. And it was a welcome surprise that, oh, okay, maybe, maybe the needle is moving a bit and maybe we're, maybe we can actually do this as a country. And I think that, you know, also my concern is for the Christian tradition that we're a part of and how do we make sure that the Christian tradition in America, because that's where I, it's where I live, at least, and that's where some of us, I know we have people who are with us who are outside of the States and I'd invite you to think about it in your own context as well, but I want to leave behind a Christian tradition 
for my kids if they choose to participate in it that is is not just not racist but that is anti-racist um that is you know standing alongside the lgbtq plus community that is standing alongside um victims of abuse i, I want to leave a an option uh, it won't be the whole thing right we don't have that kind of <laughs> we don't we don't have that kind of influence but a slice yeah. a sliver that they can belong to with their integrity of their their head and their heart both being held together uh, and not just having like to, said, to choose just like you said in your message from last week the early church what they really believed and how they actually felt about nationalism that yeah. was that was a big piece to me yeah yeah well Corey, um i want to give you just a chance is there anything else before we get ready to wrap up that you we didn't touch on that you would like to touch on no i think we talked I, I think we did i mean I, okay. I love everybody i i really do i love being in this community um i'm i'm anxious to grow continue to see it grow and continue to expand you know to you know what can what is possible what can be done, you know, to make a change in this world. And I think we're on the precipice of something great. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement and I'm hopeful with you. And I would, I think maybe we just say this, Grace Point, we have done over these years, uh, a lot of good work. This community has done a lot of good work and we have a lot of good work to do in front of us, a lot of learning, a lot of growing. And so let's continue to press forward together. Yes. Amen. All right. Thanks, Grace Point. It's always a joy to be with you. Thanks again, Corey. Thank you.